welcome back to another episode of Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Come with me into the waters of conspiracy with Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Mr. Sam Tripoli. Is that right? With my friend Ryan Davis. Uh, hi, Ryan. We're like the first gay couple of conspiracy theories. I think it's beautiful, man. Their partner. <laughs> it's a mystical, deep, dark realm. Crazy shit. Wake up, Aaron. Hey, man, where's hey, the man. truth there, dog? Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Are you ready to get your mind blown? Revolution will be podcasted. And welcome to the 33rd episode of Tinfoil Hat. We got a great one for you. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate all your love and support. Uh, the feedback, as always, has been super positive, and we're so thankful that you guys even give a shit. Uh, Ryan, how are you? Doing good, man. Got your Slayer shirt on. You, uh, you work Slayer. Yeah, I was right on the stage looking right up lovingly at Carrie King last week. Yeah. I mean, your videos are pretty amazing, dude. I got you something. What'd you get me? I got you a shirt. Whoa, thank you, dude. That's our daily thing. We get each other sh- our weekly thing. Thank you for the shirt, man. It says, wolves don't lose sleep over the opinions of sheep. Oh, that's so yeah. good, dude. That is so good. Uh, real quick, we got some business, and we're going to bring in our guest, who I'm ex- super excited about having on. You know, I love this show because I learned so much on this show, and this is going to be another one of those. But real quick, I will be at the Philadelphia Punchline August 24th through the August 24th through the 26th. Uh, yes, come see. Come get weird. Go to phillypunchline.com backslash Sam Tripoli. I promise you there will be blood. I will be going for murder. It's going to be the best show of your life. So come out and hang out. I'd love to see everybody. Guys, go to all comedy t-shirts.com the t-shirts are flying off the hook the kids love them we have um we have the tinfoil hat t-shirts we have the uh the woke prince and the uh smoke weed e pussy hail satan shirts those are all available as well um go to instagram my friends the instagram is rocking it is go to tinfoil hat pod on Instagram, uh, it's a pretty amazing uh, Instagram. Uh, Ryan's doing some good work for the Lord on that, for sure. Uh, plus, we got Tinfoil Hat Podcast on Twitter. It's at MadHatter39ers. Check it out. That's where you get all the news, bud. I go there, and I post all the shit that I can't post on my normal podcast. I mean, my normal Twitter feed, because uh, people are going to think I'm a weirdo. But uh, that's where the news that I think is the real news. And our guest, I uh, well, I tweet his stuff a lot on there. Uh, and then finally, go to Reddit, Tinfoil Hat Show. Everybody's loving it. People are posting stuff on there. So please be a part of the show. That is the business, my friends. The business is done in record time. And let's get into our guest. Uh, who's our guest, Ryan? Yeah, today our guest is the author of five books, a musician with three records, an amazing YouTube page with his brilliant videos spanning many subjects, 
and the host of the very popular podcast, one of my favorites, the Marty Leeds Mathematical Radio Hour, available on iTunes. Yes, please welcome to the show Marty Leeds, everybody. How are you, dude? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate dude, it. Uh, I was kind of telling you this, but I didn't want to get too much into it off here, off uh, there before we record. Uh, your YouTube channel, Marty Leeds 33, is wildly mediocre. It, dude, <laughs> it is one of the most amazing things on the net. It is what I think YouTube is about. If you're not watching your channel or watching Jimmy jo Dore's channel, you are missing out on a fountain of knowledge. Uh, it is food for your brain. I I thoroughly enjoy, I just watch it. I'm like, it's so amazing how you break down everything. How did you get into all this? Uh, okay, so that's a long story. But I mean, basically, just kind of a journey through life, like most people take. Um, I just kind of went towards religious and spiritual concepts and philosophy. Um, maybe like mid twenties, really started focusing on that. So basically, read everything I could get my hands on. Um, and that just kind of led into pretty much every other, uh, subject, whether that's mathematics and philosophy, theology, psychology, uh, symbolism. And then a lot of this stuff was autodidactic. It was just basically me kind of learning this stuff as I go, trying to figure it out, making mistakes, making, having some triumphs, that sort of thing. So, uh, I mean, they're just a wealth of knowledge. You break down everything. Uh, you're, it's Marty Leeds 33. Why 33? Okay, so well, that's a good question. Larry actually. Bird? I'm, I'm, is it about Larry Bird? You like it's, white it, players? It, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so 33, um, one of the things that you'll come to when you actually look at a, a, the, uh, mysticism with a mathematical lens through the eyes of a mathematician, what you're gonna see is that numbers will come up again and again. And many people know a lot of these numbers, like a lot of them will find in like the Bible, 40, for yeah. instance, 40 days, 40 nights, seven, I'm sure you guys, I say seven or three. Those are all numbers that kind of, you know, bring a bell in your head as, as numbers that people are all familiar with. Well, another one of these you're gonna find is 33. And there's there's a very specific reason why, like the Masons used 33, and why Jesus Christ lived to 30, supposedly lived to 33. There's a lot of reasons for 33. Um, and so for me, one of the things, especially knowing that people did not get into math, um, people kind of shy away from math. When I first put out my website, um, I wanted to highlight 33, that as well as I was 33 when I started my website. So basically when I started Marty Leeds 33 and then my YouTube channel, it was on the cusp of 32 and 33 and I was releasing my first book. So it was all kind of like the synchronistic, magical kind of thing that just kind of came out. So oh, amazing, dude. Yeah, I first heard you on the Higher Side Chats with Greg Carlwood. So you popped up on my radar and I was like, man, anyone on THC is someone I need to check out. I started looking into you and then you interviewed Darren, Dennis McKenna. Now, Dennis and his brother are like, two of my gurus. So I just briefly wanted to just, how did that happen? How'd you get a hold of Dennis? And what was it you like? Know, um, I had a friend, um, Mike, Michael, who does, I forget what his show is. A Third Eye Drops is the show now, podcast. Um, and he had he had got hold of him somehow and basically just sent me the sent me the email and I sent him a message saying hey you want to talk and it was a really great interview too because a lot of the interviews that I had seen um, or I had heard with Dennis McKenna they all kind of asked the similar kind of questions like those psychedelics and that sort of thing and I kind of wanted to go beyond that I kind of wanted to get more personable with him wanted to know about his relationship with his brother and that sort of thing so and Dennis is such a great guy I mean just a, a wellspring of knowledge and he's just really kind and so it was cool. 
that's that's mm. um, I, you guys please check out his youtube channel and all that stuff um i i it's it's amazing um let's get into this dude uh, what is the uh, I, mean, I can't buy my notes what is the uh the, the numerology thing that we were just talking about? So, Gematria. Gematria. Tell mm -hmm. us about Gematria. I, and I'm glad you said because I would have butchered that word and I would have he hear about it forever on the internet. Okay? <laughs> Guys, I got a C-plus in high school, all right? I'm doing the best I can, all right? I was supposed to pump gas for a living. Nobody expected anything from me, all right? <laughs> now I'm talking to a guy who knows about Jesus and 33. I'm doing okay. <laughs> Jesus, guys, pound on me. I'm sp I would be riding a short bus if they had them when I was in school. So I'm doing the best I can. So go back into it. Tell me about this. Well, I, ass I assumed I'd be dead by now, just so you know. Yeah. So I'm, it's amazing I'm here even talking to anyone. You're doing the so, Lord's work, buddy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so Gamatria. Okay, so Gamatria is basically the art of assigning numbers to letters. And what it is is basically that a lot of these ancient alphabets had a mathematical or numeric structure behind them. And so, and then when you actually look at um, a lot of the major religious texts, a lot of these were actually written with that mathematical foundation. And a lot of people do not know this because it's not taught in modern academia. You're not going to go to Brown University and find a course on it. You're, you, you have to really scour and look at a lot of these uh, sort of like esoteric books or really kind of hard to find books to really get to the meat and potatoes of this. So that's really Gematria is. Now, when you look at a lot of the old um, languages, many that are still around, like um, the Sanskrit or you know the Sanskrit alphabet, you look at Hebrew, you look at Latin, you look at Greek, all of these languages, um, and it's very well known, utilize a mathematical cipher for them. It's crazy. So, so when you look at, and this is well known in Hebrew, when most people talk about like Hebrew Kabbalah or whatever, it's like, oh yeah, they, you know, when they put numbers to letters and that sort of thing, that, that's a big part of Hebrew Kabbalah, um, Hebrew mysticism, that sort of thing. But many of these other languages absolutely have uh, numbers to them too. Arabic is well known to have numbers behind their, their language. Um, and it's pretty well, it's pretty well known that the Quran is written mathematically as well. Um, Greek, no doubt. Um, Hebrew, no doubt. Um, Latin, almost assuredly, though I don't know if we have a, a surviving cipher for Latin yet or if that's been discovered or whatever. But so my basically my whole thing was let's look at English and see if English has that, because English is kind of considered this sort of throwaway language, like it was just kind of cobbled together. And I always I, I never really believed that at all. I kind of thought that it's like, no, there's some mysticism here. There's some magic. So um, so my pursuit was actually finding a, a predominant cipher for the language. Wow. That's a, and you just and you just went to work on huh? just started putting it all together. Well, I mean, it was a series of revelations in many ways. Wow. Um, just discovering one thing after another that led to one and another thing. And, and very um, it was a very uh, I mean, still is I, I can still say this today, a very um, revealing time in uh, creatively, spiritually, intellectually, all those things sort of came together in crazy synchronistic ways. Mad magic. That's really all that I can say. Um, and so, yeah, there was just one thing after another. And I just continued to work and continued to put my head down and, and just worked on it. And so the, that whole project of working on all that was also um, had a parallel of sort of like the um, the project of my own being. Right. Basically, you know, the, the craft of myself, trying to figure myself out, trying to figure out why I'm here and what I'm doing. And that really sort of was part and parcel with the whole the whole journey. So oh. It's interesting you say that. It's like um, interesting, our man. brain is divided in two. One side's logical and one side's the creative, inspirational side. And I've mm. noticed in my own life, because I've never been a math guy, but the more that I've started to 
analyze and use the logical side of my brain, it's like I'm connecting the two hemispheres. And they work mm-hmm. and like work together properly. So it's yeah. cool how you said that. Yeah, one hundred percent. I I honestly I think um, coming into being or coming to know yourself and becoming illuminated or whatever or having some illumination in your own life, if you want to put it in that sort of terminology, really is about connecting those sides of your brain. It's about concentrating on the intellectual and mechanistic side as much as it is your creative side. So many people um, uh, get flighty and very creative and they're completely right brain and they have no foundation, no anchoring points. A lot of people are completely left brain. Yeah. It's completely you know, rational, logical, commonsensical, and that's it. And they don't have the dream state. They don't have a lot of that. So I think really it's kind of building both those sides and letting and work in unison and in harmony with one another. I think you see that a lot too. Like I think there is a lot of that, the male versus the feminine, you know, and all that stuff and how someone's so on one side and how they, and it's almost like they want to, you know, over time we've done stuff about the demonization of the divine feminine over, you know, through culture and stuff like that. And it's like the, the key is to find this like real good balance, you know, structure, but with empathy as well, you know. And I think that's a big problem in society. Either you're one side or the other. You know, it's, it's so interesting, the duality of everything. I, I'm told, I, I unfortunately believe that I'm way on the artistic side <laughs> and that sometimes I need to focus more on the anchor in life and uh, the structure and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the whole male female thing or that sort of energy, I mean, your, your body is an electromagnetic vehicle and we know that electromagnetism has a polarity. It has a North, South, left, right, you know, in gender that would be male and female. So you basically have that sort of that within you, that sort of male and female aspects within you. And it's like I said, it's kind of merging that. That's actually what the alchemical process is in in many respects is um, basically the merging of the male and female. And you'll actually see this in a lot of alchemical illustrations where you'll have a single human being and then that single human being will have like the left side will have breasts and then it'll have two heads, man and woman. And it's really the merging. And that's really what the like um, uh, Hermes Trismegistus or a hermaphrodite would be. Of course, you're talking about a spiritual process, of course, but it's merging those two halves and becoming the full being, if you will. That's so fucking interesting, man. Yeah, I could talk to you all day. I was excited that we'd get this in. <laughs> I could be like, hey, dude, can we be friends? I'll call you up and you just talk and I'll just listen. I can't stand listening to myself talk. Dude, anymore, it's so. so good, man. It's so good. You're wonderful, man. Um, Appreciate it. Real quick, real quick. Well, since we're talking about opposites, um, and I guess a way to start out is um, in the Bible, there's the numbers that, like, when I first thought of, like, okay, what are we going to talk about? And uh, there's the number 777. Sure. And that's the amount of times that you're supposed to forgive someone when they uh, do wrong to you. And I always wonder what happens at 778. Do you just like, all right, time to put the smack down. Yeah. And then the opposite side of that is the number 666. So I'm wondering if you could, if you know anything, if we could break down a little bit the beginning, say the book of Genesis, and then move towards any ideas or, no pun intended, revelations that you have from the book of Revelations. So Okay, let's let's segue this conversation from Genesis and then into seven seven. Let's talk about that or seven seven seven. Let's talk about that a little bit. So we'll have to go into some math here. But okay, perfect. so I just pulled out I just pulled out Bible. I've got one handy. You always, just happen but, to have one on you. I, I, I've got several here. So. <laughs> anyway, so um, 
No, we were just talking about the unity of opposites. Yes. Basically, it's, it's the coincidence yeah. of positorum, the unity right. of opposites. Male yes. and female merging, black and white merging, left and right, uh, Shiva and Shakti, Adam and Eve, these sorts of ideas. Well, basically, you have – this is a fundamental template of all of creation is to sort of create it on those, these, these unity of opposites. And we even see that within just everyday sex. In order for a, a new human being to be born onto this plane of existence, a man and a woman have to come together and merge. Right. And that's just, that's just how the creation works. That's right. just how the universe works. Right. right. We were just so, talking about uh, how uh, everybody on the 405 here, a giant packed uh, highway stuck in traffic. There's no way you're not pro-gay marriage uh, when you're stuck in that kind of traffic. <laughs> but there's so many. <laughs> we need more gay people because we need to create less people, man. Pro there's choice. no way you're not pro-gay when you're stuck in 405 traffic. Uh, go on. <laughs> Okay, so we were talking about these ideas and how this is presented mystically within the Bible, this idea of the unity of opposites. Well, it's it's all over the first verse of Genesis right here. It's like, in the beginning, God created two things, heaven and earth. Right. There's your opposites. You got up and down. You got, you got the spiritual dimension upstairs, the spiritual dimension of things that you cannot touch, you cannot grab, you cannot, you're never going to touch the surface of the sun, you're never going to touch the surface of the moon, I don't care what they fucking tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to do that. The material dimension's down here, it's, it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's visceral, you can touch it, you can feel it, you can grab it, it's material. So you, heaven and earth, you got the opposites there. And then um, basically it goes on to say in uh, Genesis 1-5, and God called the light day. And he called the darkness night and the evening and the morning were the first day. So within just the first few verses, you have light and day, dark and uh, light, excuse me, day and night, light and darkness, morning and evening, heaven and earth. Yeah. So basically what they're trying to do is through mystical language, explain to you how basically the mechanics of creation works, the fundamental you know, the, the, the blueprint, if you will. And that's yeah. the unity of opposites. So that's just the segue from Genesis. So. Now you go to 777. Seven, seven. So seven, okay, so you've seen, like when you go to the slots and you pull seven, 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 you know, it's the lucky sevens, yeah. you get the sevens. A lot of people have seen Alistair Crowley's work. I think it's in the book of, Ma is in the book of magic it is, where he has 777 on the cover and oh, that's evil now or something, whatever. So, and everybody tries to give you an answer why 777, but no one actually just goes to the freaking number itself and asks the number what the answer is. Because when you talk about a mathematical proof, well, you get an equation which equals and equates, and then you get an answer. Right. You know, it's like when people talk about a proof of God. I want a proof of God. Well, where are you going to find a proof? Where do you find proofs? In math, right? Right. So you go 777, and you say, um, okay, what does 777 mean? Well, it shows you that these numbers are actually encoding these sort of same sort of uh, principles, um, axioms, if you will, that create creation. And numbers are explicit. They're these um, – they're – they're living, breathing life forces in creation when you come to understand them. So seven, seven, seven. Seven times seven times seven is 343. So all we're going to do is multiply those three. Right. Seven plus seven plus seven is 21. Well, 343 plus 21 is 364. And there's 365 days in the solar year. Now, this, so basically all we did is multiply through seven, add through seven, and put them together. That's all we did. And we get this number 364. Well, this actually points right to a lunar calendar, which is actually based on the number seven. So you actually had uh, ancient lunar calendars still used today in, in some cultures, but basically you had a 28-day month, so four weeks of seven days, 28, and then you had 13 months. So 28 times 13 is 364. Jesus. Hmm. So basically within the number 777, what you have is calendrical numbers. All, and all you have to do is you know, throw the number out there. And the people that understand what's behind that, 
then they'll understand. And so there's a lot of mysticism and magic that really goes on um, in the numerals. And that's one of the, one of the reasons. So that is amazing. <laughs> I'm just sitting there going, ah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I almost forgot I'm interviewing you. And I'm just sitting there enjoying it. Um, so within the Bible, is there numbers that stick out left and right? Or is there, I mean, you just break down everything into numbers. It's amazing. Uh, pizza, uh, the Podestas. I saw that, that, that YouTube video. I mean, Within the Bible, are there are there interesting numbers as well? Well, okay. So this is the thing: is that my contention is what I'm trying to put forward, and the evidence for is that the Bible was written mathematically, okay. and that the that, that the true story, not that I don't want to say the true story, but that there's a there's an entire another layer of wisdom beneath the story, and it's it's contextualized with um, how the numbers are arranged, how they're put together, and that sort of thing. So the, the first we just talked about, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Yes. Well, if you look in sacred geometrical study, this is something that's widespread and well-known, is that the concepts of heaven and earth were actually given geometric forms. So the, the So heaven was given a circle, and earth was a square. And you find this in the Freemasonic Square and Compasses. You find this in the, the layout of the Buddha Stupa. You find it in all sorts of different places you can find this concept. Um, and there's many, many illustrations where Jesus is or, or, the, or God himself is holding a compass down. And so these ideas. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. People are saying, oh, heaven up there and earth down here and they, these, these actual places. And that isn't to say that those aren't actual places or anything like that. Of course it is. Earth is here. But they're also given geometric archetypes for you to understand that there's a whole level of knowledge, a whole knowledge system that's behind all that. So the first verse is telling you about numbers. And I actually go and break down um, Genesis 1-1 in Hebrew and English and show how the English cipher works and how the Hebrew cipher works and how that they're, they're not giving you the exact same mathematics, but they're giving you mathematical templates in which you can um, understand the language and how it interworks with the, the math. Holy so shit. a lot of this stuff, by the way, to people that are because you had just said you're like, ah, I don't really like math. I was never really good at math. Most of this shit is just it's basic arithmetic. Like I, I don't like I'm not even that good at math. And I say that and I'm being honest because I don't do I don't do complex mathematics. I don't do tr trigonometry, algebra. I don't do any of that stuff. I do add, subtract, multiply and divide. Why? Because that's what I know how to do. And I think that if there is any sort of universal knowledge system that anybody can get, it should be something that is uh, available to all people. And everybody can add, subtract, multiply and divide. You now, know? let me ask you, you some. Are you are you uh, we've we <laughs> We've delved this tinfoil hat is all about diving in to topics without the emotion of it and just exploring it. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's and I've seen a couple of your videos and you've kind of talked along about that, about, you know, it's like, the, you know, with this, and we'll get into YouTube censorship later on in the show. Uh, but, you know, just like how they're trying to ban certain thoughts and, you know, and the First Amendment and all that stuff. And, you know, how I believe it's like we you got to have a conversations about topics that maybe even you're not comfortable about or maybe you don't even believe in. So, you know, we've had a couple uh, on topics that we've discussed, whether it's uh, we had we had the guy from the uh, Satanic Temple on uh the occult of uh, a rock and roll, Satanism in hip hop. We've had those conversations. Uh, so I'm really happy to get, have you on. Are you Christian? Are you a Christian man? Do you have a strong Christian faith? Is that where a lot of this comes from? No, I mean, my family was uh, essentially Catholic, but I wasn't raised Catholic. 
Um, so, and it, they kind of fell away from it. You know, like my aunt was a lesbian, so she kind of fell away from it. Right, right. Uh, my, my dad, he was kind of the black, not the black sheep, but he was the young kid of the family and parents died. And so it just never really was instilled in them to sort of push that forward. And so when my parents raised me, they just said, basically you figure it out, you know, right. like good luck. Yeah. I mean, they didn't even, t I mean, I remember they were so open. They didn't even tell me who they voted for because they were like, no, you figure it out kind of thing, which was a blessing for me. So they, I, I don't have a religion. I'm not, um, I don't purport any religion. I don't try to sell anybody on anything. I don't try to convince anybody anything. Um, but I have gravitated. And that was actually the, what the last video I did was about. Um, I definitely gravitate towards, um, the Bible because of all the things that I've uncovered in it. And I read it in a completely different context than I think most people do. Now, this may seem a little audacious or a little cocky or something like that, but I feel like the way that I'm extracting the information from this Bible is how it was meant to be read. And the whole that. point of, of writing it in the first place was to actually encapsulate and encode and concretize knowledge so that it could be passed on to future generations. And I think that's why it's a sacred and holy book. Um, I don't read it as a literal text. I'm not yeah. saying there is not le real things in there. Right. I'm not saying I mean, they're they're not we're not saying that you're not saying that you think everything that the Bible talks about literally happened, that they're more just fables and stories to learn from and tells and it's storytelling basically and it's just to teach you lessons on how to deal with life is that what you're saying and that's how it's always been done this is the this is the huge problem that we have the, there's just sort of like a disconnect with people modern christians or whatever they read the book and they're like and they read it as if they're reading the sports page like yeah. it's like oh okay this is what okay so the clippers right. played this guys and these these are the guys that scores the points and then this you know etc and so they read it it's like a historical text but if you look at all of the other cultures they all passed on through storytelling and myth Mythology. Number one, because they didn't have the written word. I mean, not, some cultures did, of course, but they didn't have like the printing press and they didn't have, you know, readily available paper, all that sort of shit. So it was always done with storytelling. Um, the other thing with mythology and storytelling um, is to me, mythology is almost more important than history. And the reason I say that is because um, Jordan Peterson actually just said this really great thing about this. And I think he really sums it up really succinctly. And that is that long after um, you know, long after the meaning or long after the meaning is lost, the ritual is still there. The story is still oh, there. Yeah. So we can all like we all celebrate Christmas. How many people even know what Christmas <laughs> is? They say it's all about Jesus. But do you know it's on the winter solstice, too? Right. Do you, you know what I mean? You And so that that's the, so it 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 um, like I said, it like uh, concretizes these these principles that can last cross generationally. You know, even after the meaning is gone. So I, I think that's what the Bible is. So that way, so somebody in the future can actually crack the thing open, tear it open, and be like, what am I reading? Why all this mystery? Why is there contradictions? What are these people? Why is this guy living to 365 years? What is this resurrected character of Jesus? Why was he born of a virgin? Why are there 40, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's so you know? interesting, dude. I think it's, I completely agree with you on this, that this is a text. It's basically stories to give life lessons I don't necessarily think it, you know, and I think the problem is that the people who re who quote unquote represent these religions have let people down so much that they actually apply it to the religion itself. And it's like, you know, it's like my problem. We'll get into NASA and and later on, but it's just like, you know, oh, you don't trust NASA. Well, I I just I trust science. I don't trust scientists. 
I, I question everything they do. You know why? Because they're human beings. And they, they have motives and needs just like every single one of us. And mm-hmm. they, they, they'll do certain things to make sure those needs are met. And sometimes they'll fudge stuff because the people who funded the, 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 uh, the study want certain findings to be found mm-hmm. and results to find. So I question everything. And, you know, so we see that applied. People apply that to religion, but they don't apply it to science. They question religion constantly, but they never mm-hmm. question science. And it's like, no, you got to question the people. It's always the people. It's never the ideology that is wrong. It's the people who are t- telling you about the ideology that you got to question. This is such an important point, too, because I, I actually just recently got this where I was, you know, decoding the Bible on a, on a channel or whatever. And somebody came along and was just like, well, I don't really care. I mean, look at the Pope. He's just a kid fucker. It's like, well, that's true. But um, but that he, the Pope doesn't represent what Catholicism really is. 100 percent. So many of the Christians out there don't represent what Christianity really is. And I'm not trying to tear anybody down or anything like that. But that was the last video I just did was actually about that. I was like, OK, I'm just going to read you your book and talk about what Jesus actually said. And he was like, parable, 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 parable. How do you take it? Literal? Yeah. Well, that doesn't make any sense. You're not even listening to the Messiah that's telling you that you're following. Right. And so I, I, I point that out and I point that out and I'm saying, I, I'm pro-Christ. I have no problem with the Christian Messiah. I lecture about it. I talk about it. I write about it extensively. I read the Holy Bible and I'm just showing you your book. I show you your book. You show me you, you, you know, I don't like that. I don't like your perspective. I don't like the opinion or the pathway that you're taking into this. You're a Satanist. Well, I don't think that's being a very good Christian. Yeah. You're not listening to Matthew 7, 1 either, where it says, judge not, lest you be not judged. Yeah. So, so it's, why should I look to those people to, 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 you know, uh, give me the information here or I just go myself. So I, t- I when, when, and then that's the other point that I made with about Christ too. Christ and, and people, this meme has gone about, but like Krishna wasn't Hindu, Buddha wasn't Buddhist and Christ wasn't Christian. Where, where did they get their religious impulse from? Well, they got it Gnostically. They got it from nature. They got it from where you're supposed to get it. God's creation. And that's, the, that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in those questions as opposed to what the Christians think about what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> I, I think wise men are always open to new ideas. Uh, you know, Buddha, Jesus Christ, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee was big into that, man. Like mm-hmm. Bruce Lee would... Bruce Lee, there's an argument that he invented MMA, mixed martial arts, by going around learning different forms of martial arts and taking what he thought was the best and applying it to his martial arts. That's really what it's all about. Yeah. He was the first one to also eat large amounts of cannabis in order to stop inflammation. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Bruce Lee was a oh, big, wow. he was big time into eating cannabis. I mean mm. Hey, we just works. thought Marty Lee something, huh? Bam, look at us. <laughs> our big our, our going big. Well, so much of what you've been talking about is the encoding within the systems and one of the ones that I was reading when I was researching more and more about what you talk about is the power of pi. So I was wondering if you could explain to us how it's encoded in the emblem, the emblem of Israel, the UN logo, and the Masonic square. Okay, so 
uh, take a few steps back here. So when we were talking about earlier that like a lot of these a lot of these um, ancient like spiritual texts, um, a bunch of them, they're actually encoded mathematically. Well, the reason that they're encoded mathematically is that math is a universal language that anybody, it doesn't matter where you were born, when you were born, what culture, what e age or eon born, you, it, math is always going to be math. The Pythagorean theorem is always going to be a theorem. That's why it's called a theorem and not a theory. So it doesn't matter who you are, you're always going to be able to go to that base of knowledge, and it's always going to be there in creation. Why? Because God created it, or the Creator created it, the Great Spirit, whatever you'd like to call that thing. So, I think God is a black British lesbian. Sexy. Yeah. yeah. Smokes cigarettes. Yeah, DJs, sells good Hennessy. coke in heaven. It's all yeah. good, dude. <laughs> Drives like an 82 Cadillac yeah, and those really go. big boats. You got you know? it. You got it. I want to go to um, Sam's heaven. What yeah. the hell are we talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Pie. That's right. Pie. 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 Uh, so, Speaking of eating, Okay, pie. so basically mathematics is this universal language, which means that the that the universe put it there. God put it there. there. So then you can go to that language and you will always get the same answers. So when we talk about, especially in the Bible, the Bible talks about, oh, the word of God, right? And we hear this um, in many different cultures about there was a word spoken. In Hinduism, it's the great, oh, that thing, right? Right. So you hear the, the word. Well, the, I, I, my question was, okay, so we have all these different languages. The, Bible's been, the Bible itself, let's just take that as an example. It was written in German, it Italian, Latin, Greek, English. Well, what language is the right language? Hebrew? Are we supposed to, you know, well, I say, well, no, there's a language that's actually above and beyond all of them, and that would be the language of mathematics. And so when we talk about, when I said, okay, well, what is the word of God? Well, people say it's the Bible. Well, no, that's not the context. And actually, when you actually go to the Greek, it's like, no, the Greek, the word means logos. And logos is where we get the word logic. It's where we get the word logo, which is actually a symbol. Wow. So, so therefore, you have, uh, in the beginning was the word. Well, what, what language was God speaking? Well, he was speaking the language of mathematics and geometry. That's my, that's my take. Um, I actually learned that from a guy, Ellen Boyd Kuhn. Um, from uh, he's the esotericist, high mystic, great author, fantastic. If you want to get into mysticism, there's a book, um, Hermetic Masonry. That's is that by Alan Boyd Kuhn? That's not by Alan Boyd Kuhn. I'm sorry, getting those conflated. Anyway, great mystic, basically talking about pi is the word of God, and that this mathematical ratio is represents um, so much in our creation that you actually point to this one basic simple geometry, and it can help you understand a lot of things in creation. One of them being the Holy Bible. Um, so then you say, okay, so in, um, you brought up, what, what did you bring up? The emblem of Israel, yeah. the Freemasonic square and compasses, right? Okay. So and let's, the UN let's logo. go with the, and the UN logo. Okay. Let's start with a few of those. So, um, Freemasonic square and compasses. Most people know there's a big fat G in the center and there's a compass that points up and a square points down. Most people see that symbol and they think immediately it's a Satanism, Luciferians, it's this, blah, blah, blah. No, actually what it is, it's a symbol to, um, to, um, basically, um, well, it's, it decodes the mathematics of the English alphabet to put it plain and simple. It gives you the mathematical structure for the English alphabet. So what the alphabet does is go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and it goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then it stops there. And then it goes H, I, J, K, L, M, and it goes six, five, four, three, two, one. So basically walks up to G and then walks back down. Wow. And you do, and you do this on both sides of the alphabet. So A through M and N through Z. And I've got a bunch of videos. You can, you can check all this out. That G in the center of the Freemasonic square encompasses is the seventh mm -hmm. letter. And so that has the designation of seven. Well, if you actually use the cipher 
based on this whole thing, and you point to seven, S-E-V-E-N is six, five, 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 one, and this equals 22. And 22 divided by seven is 3.142. It's a common and widely used approximation of pi. And so here you have, just within the letter G, and in that symbol, you have a representation of pi, pointing to pi. Not only that, the, the compass is in square. Well, what, is it, what does a compass make, guys? Does it make a circle? What does the square make? Does it make a line? What are the two things that create pi? Circumference and diameter, a line and a circle. Oh. So that one symbol right there gives you the mathematical structure of the English alphabet, the word of God, the concepts of heaven and earth, all of that stuff in a symbol. Now, then I ask you guys, have you, did you guys ever take symbolism 101? No. No. It's because they don't fucking teach it. And then you say, why don't they teach it? Why don't they teach it? All around you are symbols. Stop and go. Those are symbols. All the corporations use symbols. All, right? And we, we, are, we think symbolically, too, a lot. You know? In fact, I would say a majority of our world that we think is, is symbolic. So yeah. that's where the symbolism comes in. Okay, so that's Freemasonic Square Encompasses. Um, that's amazing, emblem, Dan. Emblem of Israel, if you look at the emblem of Israel, the same mathematical structure for the two reads on the emblem is the same thing for the English alphabet. It goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's a leaf that points up, and then six, five, four, three, two, one, and then it does it on the very other side. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. Same symbolism, same um, same information being conveyed or concealed, revealed, depends on who you are, in two different symbols. So unbelievable, dude! Unbelievable. So what about the UN? <laughs> Okay, so the UN logo is basically the same thing as well. You have the two reeds on the side of the yeah. uh, right? I mean, you've all seen it. It's got the azimuthal equidistant yeah. map. There's yeah. 53 sections in the middle. Yeah. There's the two reeds on the bottom that are connected. And then you have the two reeds that, that are they're, uh, mirrored or symmetrical on the sides. And those reeds actually, it's the same mathematics. Just point them out. And you, If you're watching or listening to this, just bring it up in your Google or whatever. It's A, B, C, D, E, F, G. There's one pointing up, and then H-I-J-K-L-M. You go to the other side, N-O-P-Q-R-S-T, U-V-W-X-Y-Z. Emblem of Israel, UN logo, um, and Freemasonic Square Encompasses all pointing to the exact same thing, and that's the mathematical structure for the English alphabet. There are people through history of time that are working on such an insane level. It's, it's amazing to me how people operate, whether you want to call them the deep state or what secret societies they, they the things that they've come up with is it's unbelievable and that nobody like takes any time to study or learn this stuff blows my mind it blows my mind you well know? i mean most of us you know this is where i can be extremely empathic especially or, or at least to myself as to be like we've been indoctrinated our whole lives we we weren't taught we were indoctrinated. And so most of us are coming into being and trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Right. And most of the time it's unlearning the stuff. So the first thing you got to do is shed all the skin and get rid of all that stuff. And then you're like, okay, now I got to start from ground floor and relearn everything. The beautiful thing about the time period that we live in now is that when you're in that process of doing that, there's so many people out there that are providing such good, good work and helping out along the way. That's why I really felt, um, where I wanted to put myself in a position of not like some like media guy or anything like that, but a teacher, 
Like I wanted to teach this stuff and I do want to teach this stuff because there aren't many teachers of the mysteries out there. And that's why I kind of position myself as the teacher of the mysteries, preacher of the heart. Yeah, dude, I, I am all in. I, I mean, your YouTube, again, is amazing. Uh, and, and you're totally right. School isn't about educating you. School is about basically teaching you to follow orders. Learn how to follow orders. Uh, very mm-hmm. early, if you don't follow orders, you get in trouble. You know, you're like me, fourth grade, spent every fucking recess sitting in the hall outside Miss Bacon's room because I didn't want to listen to math class. You know, like that's that's really what was happening. You get rewarded when you follow the rules and you get pounded on and punished if you think your own way and, and go your own way. You see it a lot. And learning, actual learning is fun. It's enticing. It's, it's exciting. It's it's fulfilling. I mean, at least for me, when I go and I learn something new, it's just always like, you know, and, and the school system that we're put in, it's like you can't even keep the kids in the seat. You know, it's like, like you were saying, it's just this droll, awful way of teaching people. And I get this all the time when with as far as math. It's like, Jesus, I wish you were my math teacher, Marty. It's like, yeah. I wish I was too, because I think you would have a whole group of people that would be loving math as opposed to what I get. I've gotten for the last seven years. And I, and I say this, no offense, but every podcast I've ever done, pretty much they start with, oh, I've never been good at math. I hate math. I can't. And then I ask, and then I just present the question right back. Why? Why the fuck do you think that is? Maybe because they didn't want you to learn it. Yeah. I, I, I think there is, there's a real truth in all that. That the powerful people don't want you to be too smart. And I think we saw in this country, and I, I, I'll say, when we got to Vietnam and everybody was protesting about these wars, that scared the shit out of them. They're like, the masses have gotten too smart. They know too much. We got to start doing something. And that's when you saw slowly but surely them pulling money out of education. Slowly but surely, you know, the the move to two uh, parents working, two house, two parent incomes in things and and moving away from the family unit like that because people just got too smart. They're just paying attention too much. Yeah. Our modern education system is actually based off of the Prussian system of education, which is designed to make good factory workers, not good free thinkers. Yeah. And so we still yeah. install that into the nowadays. And since we're talking not to jump up too much, but we're talking about being curious and asking questions. One of the videos I watched on your YouTube page that really like struck home with me was talking about NASA and the Mars Curiosity Rover and the New Horizons satellite. So, oh, sure. What are your, are you, you're, you're somebody who <clears throat> is questions NASA. Now we're very good friends with Joe Rogan. We're very good friends with a Bravo. Uh, I don't know if you followed that whole thing on there on Joe's podcast. Uh, I mean, sure. I've literally like, <laughs> I literally like the podcast will happen, and I'll see Joe at the at the comedy store, and I'll ask him like how it went, and he'd be like, "Oh, Eddie's nuts." And then I'll hear Eddie's side on a text thread about his thoughts, and you know, I just think it's very interesting. I will say this about Joe Rogan, uh, one of the most wonderful people I know. Uh, he's done more for people in comedy than anybody I know. Uh, he's made his, a lot of his friends millionaires. Uh, he's a wonderful person. That podcast is so huge. It's so huge that I, I don't know if he wants to go through the headache of a lot of the stuff, discussing a lot of the stuff. I think it's like, it's like swatting a bee's nest and then wondering why you're getting stung constantly. And I just know he is a critical thinker and he, you know, 
he is a guy that goes for it a lot, and some people don't think he does because of uh, this stuff with NASA and all, and how he's people feel he's kind of flipped. I, I don't know, man. Thought your thoughts on any of that? If you have any opinion. Well, I mean, I don't have anything personal against any of those guys. I don't yeah. know them. Yeah, I've never yeah, talked yeah. to them. Course, so, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think I made a, a not even a little dig on Joe in the, the Flat Earth litmus test video that I did. But it wasn't even a dig on him. It was just basically him saying, hey, don't listen to people on YouTube yet. He has tons of people on his show from YouTube, like Jordan <laughs> Peterson's on YouTube now. And yeah. He's fucking huge. Right. So that was a little dig there. But um, I think he's more you know, about when, like anybody. Anybody can say anything on on. And, I think I think what he's problem. trying to say, and I'm not. I, I he doesn't need me to defend him on jack shit, but and I, and you're not attacking him. I just think there is something about like you know like when I when I start researching something, I look at multiple platforms and I look at like the information's coming out, and then you put it through this common sense. Even though common sense isn't that common, you put it through this thing about okay, what is realistic? What is what is possible with this flood of uh mis uh, of fake news uh you know fake information being put out done probably on purpose um i think what he means by that is that you kind of gotta like you gotta research everybody and do your own research not just watch a youtube channel or youtube video and assume everything in that is real i think it's question everything whether it's applied to what's going on through mass the you know mainstream media the voice of the government or a youtube page just question everything yeah, and I, I actually get that. I tell people the same thing with my. I've said that since day one. I was like, "Don't believe me. Don't trust me. Don't. Why would you trust me? I'm some guy on YouTube. You know, question everything." I agree with that. And I would say that anybody you touch, listen to this pod, podcast, whatever. Um, I think the only thing with Joe that I think people are really upset about is that he sort of built his platform on really being open. I think he got a lot of people into his show because he was really into opening uh, uh, the, the conspiracies up and questioning them, the whole question everything show. He was huge on the NASA stuff. I mean, I remember him just ripping on the whole moon landing and the people have done enough you know, videos on that sort of thing. And then it sort of, he got to a level and it's like, okay, I'm not gonna really address those things anymore. And I, I feel like I think a lot of people thought that was a little bit cowardly. And I understand that. I also understand that he's in the position that he is, and he can't delve into every single conspiracy. I, I think that's you know. it, dude. I think like I think what happened with him, and you know, again, he doesn't need me to think. I think he did a he he did a, a show called Joe Questions Everybody. He met a lot of these people that are the the experts on this, and he just found them to be a bunch of bullshit. And maybe at some point he's like, I I, I don't fucking know. I'm not I, I'm not gonna know. And you know. It's like you did. You showed a clip of I forget who it was. Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, no, no. It was uh, I forget who you said, but it's like you you know the Earth is round because somebody told you that. But do you really know? And that is so true. There's a lot yeah. of things that people just know because somebody told them. Well, that's pretty much our whole world in in many respects. Right. That's what I was saying about the whole like indoctrination system. Um, you are bombarded with everyone telling you how it is theologically, politically, what the or science, what the shape of the earth is and things like that. Then you go through that whole process and realize that, okay, wait, most of those people had no idea what they were talking about. And some of them were intentionally lying to me. So then you have to kind of strip all that way. Right. In that, in that whole process too, um, growing up, going through puberty, figuring out who you are, that whole process, you also, you're trying to find your identity. 
And so, and so many people, when it's like, oh, am I supposed to be the doctor? Am I going to be the comedian? Or am I going to be the sign guy? Or am I going to be, you know, uh, setting up slayers, you know, et cetera, right? You're going to go through all that. <laughs> um, and, and really the whole identity to truly find your identity in a, in a, in a, I would say an alchemical sense, if you will, is to really just throw all of that shit out. Yep. Take all of it away and say, I don't even know if my name is Marty Leeds kind yeah. of thing. Start there. And it isn't to say just abandon everything recklessly, but you got to start with your own investigation and trust yourself, trust your heart, trust your mind, and go through that and really challenge yourself to the core. And I think if, I, if I'm going to say anything against Joe here, I'm not going to say anything against Joe because I don't really care. Like I said, never met the guy. I don't want to rip on people I've never met. But I don't think he's willing to challenge himself that much because he's mm. in the position that he's in. I, I, I And I would say a lot of people would agree with that I, at least from what i've heard but like i said i don't i don't even like to talk about people negatively or in any sort of sense unless i've met them like people are like oh neil degrasse tyson is a, is a piece of shit or something like that yeah maybe i maybe i disagree with him on everything scientific but maybe he's just a guy that is maybe he's not that masonic agent shill from the government maybe he's just a guy that spent his whole life being like science is it science is it science. god is ridiculous religion and all of a sudden he's got to be 45 years old and now everything the tables are turning and he's not hold on i don't want to say man enough, 45? Man enough to 45 years old black don't crack homie holy shit i don't know how old he is oh the numbers guy doesn't know how old he is uh, yeah i doesn't know <laughs> no i'm but with the, you i, I totally get what you're saying i'm not going to immediately say somebody's like a shill or an asian or something like that maybe that guy's just got to a point like he's not willing to really be like i said man enough if you will to really go and say hey maybe i was wrong my whole life i think that when we talk about flat earth i think that's really the contention that a lot of people feel they have to go back and look as be wait all that time that i was philosophizing Dude, and all that stuff was all bullshit you yeah. know like that's i think joe will question everything i i, I it's totally 100 i get i get yeah. what you're saying uh, i think i think here i'm just gonna say this that when you get to a certain level that every word you say is over analyzed scrutinized yeah, so yeah. much and i don't give a shit you could have all like dude I guarantee you somebody will take what you were saying about 364 and all that stuff, and I'm going to get people just going off on it. And you're like, this is math. A math is there is no gray area. It's math. And someone is going to go nuts on it, and they're just going to take it like it's the most offensive thing they've ever heard in their life. And, then when you, and I, the, what I was trying to say is like when you get that big, it's like is it worth it? Yeah, I, I get that too. Is it worth it to go – through all the bullshit that comes along with wanting to discuss that when you could just ha discuss a million other fucking things that won't bring in that kind of fucking chaos. And that's what it is. And, you know, to his credit, he brings Eddie, Eddie back. He brings Eddie back a lot. And they do discuss it. And he just, it's not his thing. Not his back. Yeah. Uh, what I want, well, I just forgot. But let's get into your thoughts on NASA real quick. I, I actually, I just want to say we spend far too much time talking about Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no yeah. offense if well, he's listening, he's yeah. not. Yeah, he's <laughs> not. Trust me, I wish you would. I wish you would. Um, so uh, let's get on NASA real quick. What do you think of these, uh, the Mars Curiosity rover self-cleaning events? Oh, Jesus. See, I heard about this several years ago that the sand was going right. They they just they just presented this again, right? That is like, hey, how do the solar panels get clean? And then it was like sand dust them off. Yeah. Right? Is that is that what it was? Yeah, I didn't read the article, but that's 
You can right. find photos of this where, because it, it takes up like a 360 degree, it has a, like a tripod above it. And so it shoots down on the rover itself. And so it'll be covered in like a thick layer of like that red Mars earth soil, which is a lot of like iron in there. That's why it's red. It'll be like red, covered, completely dirty. And then they say and a, a self-cleaning event happens that cleans it perfectly. I mean, perfectly. But what's crazy is that they've captured in this photos shadows. And if you look at these shadows, they seem to be human in figure, like someone's actually cleaning. Them. Yeah. I so mean, that's why I, I was telling Sam, I'm like, we've either never been to Mars or we're already on Mars. Oh, yeah. We either haven't gotten past the Van Allen belt or we're everywhere. I mean, it's <laughs> thoughts. Well, I mean, the biggest problem with NASA, and this is, I think, in general, this is sort of the, the the floorboard problem with NASA, is that you just have to trust everything they say. There's no way for you, as a scientifically minded person, to to challenge every, anything they say because you're not out in space. Yeah. So that is the biggest problem, and that is the that is the foundation and fundamentals of science is being able to say, hey, I've got an idea, I'm going to present that idea to you, and if it's true, then. 100% of the time, we should get the same answer, right? With this, you can't do that. You just have to trust them. You just have to say, oh, those, those lights are that far away? Okay, I trust you. Oh, there's gravity up there, and it's you're floating around, and there's a you know International Space Station whipping around at 17,500 miles an hour, and it, you, we just have to trust and trust and trust. And people are no longer trusting, and why should they? You know. Uh, well, um, that's my I, whole thing. I will never know. I will <laughs> never know about space or anything like that because no one's sending me, and NASA's never sending <laughs> This 40-year-old Armenian with a fucking drug addiction problems in the fucking space. I'm never going to go there. So I don't, I'll never be able to say whether things are flat or anything like that. Um, and since we're touch, talking and talking about like trust in general, uh, we always get into CIA topics. We always talk. We've been briefly getting into like New World Order government. I mean, what do you think? Do you think there actually is a one world government, a New World Order, if you will? Okay, well, if you would have asked me this seven years ago, I would have I would have probably said there are different factions that are fighting one another for gunning for control and power, but that there isn't one overarching sort of control grid that's being. And now I I would disagree with myself seven years ago. I actually I absolutely think that there's an organized some sort of deep state, if you will, secret society, 100%. bloodline. The idea, especially with the with inter, the internet and how how transparent things have gotten, you can see so much of the so many of the false flags. You can just it's just sort of bullshit, and it has to come from somewhere, and has to be organized, and they have to be working in concert. Especially when you talk about like um, whether the <laughs> earth whether the earth is flat or not. Let's not even get to that conversation, but just the space programs in general. We know they're working together. We know that uh, we know that everyone, ev all those countries are saying that there's an international space station up there. So you you know that at the very when you look at the sort of um, the pyramidal kind of idea that basically at the top there's the people that know the you know the, the knowers and the deciders and the the, the elite that should not be um, they they are all working in concert I I, I I absolutely believe that now and that's actually I think one of um, humankind's biggest challenges right now is to understand that and confront it yeah I I often think about how that's going to happen and like is it will it ever happen and why is it happening? I think people that don't believe in a new world order really haven't done any research on it. And people love to argue conspiracies. And usually what it is, it comes down to somebody versus 
Somebody who's done a ton of research versus someone who has a belief system and has done no research. And it's like arguing, taking math. It is like arguing, okay, six plus two equals eight, but w- the people refuse to recognize two. They don't see it. They don't understand mm-hmm. two. They refuse yeah. to see it. Therefore, six will never equal eight because they refuse to see two. And that's what's really going on here is they, they do no research and they don't look into it. And that, too, that you're speaking of metaphorically there is fucking pure evil. Yeah, right? It's So you don't – I can't – in one respect, I get it. Like I don't blame people because they want to compartmentalize that or shut that out or ignore it or put the blinders on because when you get into those – especially when you talk about – you know, torture, child trafficking, enslaving, the indoctrination, the taking away of of God to people, yeah. and the knowledge system of that. When you get into all those, it is dark shit, dark. Yeah, and, and 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 I, when I've gone into those certain areas of that, especially with the last, you know, I did the Pizzagate documentary, and so I spent I don't know two three months, pretty much every day looking at those sorts of people. And it's just, it right. Was, I mean, I was broken. And so I get it. I get that it's very hard for people, but that is also part of the project of being. There's good and there's evil. And you have to confront that evil. And especially in confronting it in yourself, because you do have evil tendencies yourself. You just said, you know, you have a, a drug addiction problem. I've had problems in, of myself in the past. And those, those are, that's saying, oh, no, I've got to confront that. Otherwise, that evil is going to take over. Yeah, and so that's that's a that's an internal thing and that's an external thing and and that's that's where the the the, the journey of the hero comes in it, you got to be you got to be the goddamn hero of your own story 100 percent, dude listen <laughs> we can sit here and if i go if i go to you hey man uh the catholic church is molesting people what agree with 100 percent? 100 percent. if i told you boxing was corrupt. People believe it 100%. 100%. If I go, hey, politicians are corrupt, 100% of the people are going to agree with that. But what they can't wrap their heads around are corrupt, money-hungry people might be molesting children, and they can't come to grips with that, even though they know these people are liars and these are evil and that they have no problem with carpet bombing the fuck out of other countries. Killing... Mm-hmm women and children and which they're saying they got to go in to protect yet these they're still bombing the fuck out of it they can't come to grips with it they can't yeah. come to grips with people that they don't know at all they have they know know these people hillary it's clinton re- fucking it's, trump it, sorry i mean it's it's really interesting though there's a little disconnect there too because i think there's the reason that people can't really wrap their mind around that is when somebody you send somebody to war and say, go bomb that country, you're sending somebody else to war. So you're just signing a piece of fucking paper right. is really what you're doing. So so people are like, well, no, that they compartmentalize that or they they make excuses for that. And they say, well, those people have to do that because they're in the position of power and that's just the tough decisions. You know, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet kind of thing. But then when you take that and you say that same person is raping and killing and possibly eating a child. They can't then come there's like, there's the, yeah, then there, I can see where it's like, well, no, that doesn't make any sense and in my I, brain. It doesn't make any sense in my brain either. And so, but you can't, just because it doesn't make sense doesn't mean it's not a thing. Well, the big thing is because they could never see themselves doing it. And yeah. we do that all the time. We apply, we, we transmit, project ourselves onto other people. So mm-hmm. these people that we've never met in our lives who so, are most likely psychopaths. I mean, like, 
at the highest levels of everything, there's a certain level of psychopath. Like, you know, this whole thing with Conor McGregor right now, this fight, and this Paul Maginani, I I just butchered his name, but the boxer who got really mad because Floyd put out this picture and he's calling him a dickhead. You know, Floyd, uh, Conor McGregor is at such a high level. It takes a certain level of crazy to get there. Like, you have to be determined and you have to be like, fuck everything. I'm going to get there at no cost. And that level, I mean, you start to lose a little bit of your soul. And, they, and they've done studies where power fucks your head up, man. It really it causes mental illness. The, 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 the fight the, for more money and more power literally does brain damage to you. And, uh, you know, so you look at these people at these highest levels. Of this government. And the reason I bought a bro- boxing was this, was that mo- boxing is corrupt because of the money. And we're just talking millions of dollars. War is the ultimate sport. And that is trillions of dollars. Mm-hmm. If, what do you think people do for trillion dollars? Whatever it takes. Now, to get to that level, to get to the highest level of, of, of government and to be able to do some of the stuff they want you to do, you got to show that you'll play ball. And some of mm-hmm. these things, you know, it involves some evil shit. Then if you don't do those certain things, you don't get to get that high up. And that's why people, you know, I, I talked about it on po- a podcast today called The Ripple Effect. It was just like you these initiations you have to do. If you don't pass these initiations, you never get to the highest level. And in order to pass these initiations, you got to show you play ball. So when you get to the highest level, of course nobody's come out and said anything. Because mm-hmm. they're all psychopaths and they know they'll get murdered. And if they do come out, they get they get demonized by everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I consider you brave. Uh, one of the episodes that you did on the Mathematical Radio Hour was with George Webb and Dyncor. Mm-hmm. I was yes. wondering if uh, we could maybe just uh, finish on this one. If you could break this down in a condensed version, because we've been uh, trying to get George Webb a hold. We'd love to interview him. I feel like he's into some. He's in deep. And yeah, I was amazed we hope that he doesn't got... suicide himself. That's so, what everybody keeps saying. So go ahead and break <clears> it down for us if you could. Well, okay, so you know when I interviewed George Webb, it was basically kind of starting out his whole YouTube run, and so I spent probably I don't know maybe like a week and a half, two weeks, kind of looking into all the threads that he was presenting, and he was presenting a lot of stuff, and has since then the Wan Brothers and Hillary's henchmen and all that sort of Unbelievable. stuff. Unbelievable. But in the beginning, a lot of the things that I was following was just I didn't even really follow George Webb necessarily. I was like he was just bringing up a lot of things that were well sourced and well documented that the things that most people just didn't know about, or at least I didn't know about one of those being DynCore. And I was actually going to do a whole documentary on DynCore. I just had other things I had to really take care of. But um, DynCore is um, <laughs> disgusting. The fact that they're a, a, a contractor for the United States government, I mean, people should be up in arm if they knew the the atrocities of this company yeah i mean they, they've gotten busted child trafficking like numerous times and they actually i know um i don't know if he still has it but george webb did this thing called a trello board where he basically had all of these uh, the dine core listed and it was like all of these illegal activities uh, highly immoral illegal activities mind you and and it was, it's just amazing that these people get millions and millions of dollars for government contracting um another one that i don't know if he talked about it, but another one that's really interesting is um and disgusting by what i mean interesting is i mean absolutely fucking disgusting <laughs> is the Stratford emails if you've ever looked at the Stratford emails a lot of people that are into the whole pedo gate pizza gate thing you just go to wikileaks and go to the Stratford emails and just type in pizza 
and you read some of those threads, and if you don't think it's absolutely fucking disgusting, then I don't really know what to say. Yeah. But um, this is the, these are the kind of people that are working within the higher levels of people in the government, and it's it's got to stop. It's just got to stop. Psychopaths, man. They're at the highest level. There's a detachment from just empathy. There's a detachment. There's power. There's money, and you got to play ball to get there. And it's just like people just can't come. They get. They're fine with green, the thinking Penn State is doing it. They're fine with thinking the Catholic Church is doing it. But they can't come to grips with something they find utterly corrupt, which is this, which is our government, could be into something like this. And Hillary is like there's an instance over instance in which. The foundation is associated with this stuff, and they can't come to grips with it because they can't come to grips with, it, with that a woman would be involved with something like this. I mean, the Clinton Foundation alone—it's uh, so clear what they were doing. I mean, it was—it was a pay-for-play operation, and who knows what that the the pay was for actually. But you know that you had Bill Clinton going around to all these different countries talking to these—you know—it was like he'd get a half a million dollars for a speech, and next thing you know, these these companies would get contracts through the government. And it's just like it was clear as day. And then all of a sudden, you know, Trump wins, and the Clinton Foundation closes their door. Yeah. Remember, Clinton—the Clinton Foundation was supposed to be a charitable organization. What happened to the charity? Yeah. Did it just well? We're—I guess we're done given now i mean like i, I mean, mean the fact that we don't have the fbi and the cia and independent investigators bringing these people in is nuts and this is the thing that really i'm sorry i don't mean to rant here or anything dude, but this, this is, is the thing the that was about pizzagate really hit it was like almost this this chance it was like god if we can get one of those people and actually get the government the old boys the old boys in the government the the the, the old boys in the CIA and the sheriff's department and all of that if we can get them hip to this kind of shit that's going on they'll they'll honor their oath and they'll stand up and they'll go that was the hope anyway yeah. and if you could get one of these people and then you crack open their emails and then you find out whole and then bring all those people in and then you start connecting all the threads it was this i there was the hope anyway that you could really take the whole thing down it's not happening. I didn't really think it was going to happen, but there was a there was a, a moment anyway for me. Trump sold a bunch of goods, man, or he went in there with an intent, and then they surrounded him, and he just realized that, or they just. What do you guys think about the Trump situation? Well, I mean, my opinion is is that he. I mean, if you look at the Trump's administration and how it's going, it mirrors the Clinton administration so much in the fact that. We have these giant investigations that start out as one thing and then just keep evolving into something else to keep it in the news all the time while he's doing all the deep states bidding. I mean, if you look at the Clinton administration and the Clinton years, if you look at what he signed into law, it has been devastating to this country. Devastating. NAFTA, NAFTA I mean, I'm from Wisconsin originally, and NAFTA destroyed the Midwest. And I it just destroyed it. I have a I have a theory that it's all part of this this movement right now to demonize white guys. The, what they did to the black males, they're now doing to middle class and poor white guys. Demonize them, take away their opportunities to make a dollar, flooding their areas with drugs. Then this will result in mass incarceration and the the crash of the family unit. And I, I think you're seeing the beginning of it right now. Hollywood is constantly demonizing poor white guys. Everybody's a, a Trump supporter, which means you're a redneck and all that stuff. So, but the point is that these the, these trials would start out at, with Clinton as Whitewater, now becomes goes into uh, 
goes into a fat chick giving him a blowjob, okay? And that's not what it started out as, but they got to keep it going. So now you got it with Trump. You had, oh, the, the, the Russians hacked the DNC, and, and they hacked the, the RNC, but they only released the DNC stuff. Well, nobody from the RNC has come forward and said anything. Not a rogue guy goes, yeah, it's true. Nothing from the, the RNC side. All DNC. So it starts out as a DNC hacks, and that hasn't been able to be proved in a year. So now it's moving into something else. Uh, the, the main problem I always see with all of this stuff is that the control of the narrative of what people actually talk about. Um, so, I mean, it, Russian is is a perfect example. You didn't hear, excuse my language, I'm trying not to swear as much, but you didn't hear fuck all about Russia for years. Nothing, nothing. And then all of a sudden, Russia, they're a problem. Now they want to, you know, mang, you know, yeah, it has our, all of that stuff. And then all of a sudden now, now what is it? North Korea. Yeah. Okay, are these really problems or is somebody controlling the narrative? So therefore you control the narrative, you control reality. And that this really, okay, don't mean to bring this kind of full circle, but this is why I say that mythology is almost more important than history. Because what are they telling you? Are they telling you facts? Are they telling you truth? Are they telling you things that are historically accurate? No, they're not. They're telling you fucking stories. They're yep. giving you myths, yep. and we all just follow, and and then we go to the water, and it's like, oh, you hear what Trump did? Oh, the Russia, and then North Korea, they got, you know, and it's all, and what's going to end up happening? The same shit that's happened in the last couple of presidents. We're going to be bombing a country. We already did, right? The, the quote, mo, the was um, mother of all bombs, right? Yeah. dropped in Afghanistan. Yeah, I mean, yeah. dude, I mean, we are in, uh, what, how many countries now are we in? Seven? Seven. About to go into eight? Hitler did what the other day we did talked about on Punch Drunk. I think Hitler got to 11 or 12. Like, we're not far off, man. And we, you know, I, I, through recovery, you learn in 12-step programs, you do a list of people, of, uh, of uh, resentments. You do the list of its resentments, and you find the one common denominator in all those is you. Like, we're fighting everybody. At some point, maybe it's us. It, and I think 100% us. has nothing to do with freedom, has nothing to do with righteousness. These are bankers' wars. This has to do with Syria, this pipeline, petrodollars. And uh, they're not telling you that. They're not telling it, you that at all. It would be really nice if the, if the Internet could determine that narrative. Or, or, or basically put the main story out for people to really talk about. Because, and, and I, I always say, and this is the only answer that I really have to fight this sort of madness, is unity. And when you talk about the last election, you talk about the people that voted for Bernie Sanders and the people that voted for Trump. What, what was the commonality that they had? Well, they were sick of the system. They were sick of the same old shit in Washington, and they wanted to, you know, roast these guys out of there and get somebody new in. And of course, they differed on how they thought that was going to be done. But that's really what Trump was about. I mean, no, I don't think anybody was really voting for Trump because he thought he was a very articulate, you know, brilliant guy. I mean, maybe I, I don't know, but you know what I'm saying? Like people are just sick of the same old nonsense. But I think and, that that's done on purpose. I think they're so smart. I think these people yeah. are running everything. I mean, look at Barack Obama. Barack Obama shows up right at the right time when everybody's tired of old white guys. And here's this articulate, you know, African-American, you know, law professor that speaks elo eloquently and just it, it floors everybody with change. Didn't change anything. Didn't change anything. But they know exactly what we're looking for. So now you got Obama's in. Everybody's over Obama. Boom. Who comes in? An outsider. You know, a maverick. 
A guy mm-hmm. who doesn't, you know, he shoots from the hip. He's anti-PC, you know? But yeah. now he's doing the exact same thing. He's doing the exact same thing. And it's just like, I don't know what the answer is. I, I wish I knew. It, it's a giant overhaul. I mean, people, I'm a liberal, dude. I voted I, I usually up until the last two elections, last three. I, I, I haven't really voted uh, for either of the uh, two main parties. I, I go independent. And I know probably my vote doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, I know they don't want me to vote, so I just vote. I vote for somebody who isn't part of the two-party system. I don't know what the answer is. And I think, unfortunately, the answer to end it all means it's going to get really bad for us. But maybe that's what we need to break out from this abusive fucking system that we're in. I mean, I always say, like, you know, um, kind of control, alt, delete, or um, wipe clean the operating system. We have a good operating system, I believe, anyway, at the at the core, at the foundation. When you look at the Bill of Rights and you look at the the, the Constitution, I actually really like those documents because what, especially with um, uh, uh, the Declaration of Independence, Bill of Rights, basically what those people were doing, where the, where they were, de- I mean, just exactly what it says, they were declaring their independence. They weren't asking for it. They weren't saying, "Hey, is it okay if we're free?" Right, no, right. they were saying. Go F yourself. We're free now. Right. Not only that, we're going to give you a bill of sale, if you will. These are the things that we're free. You're not going to touch our speech. You're not going to touch our religion. You ain't going to touch our guns because we have to protect ourselves. Right. You ain't going to touch this. You ain't right. going to touch that. And and I so if we could wipe clean the operating system and just literally just declare on mass to the government, say, no, we're going back to the Declaration of Independence. We're going back to the Constitution. You know, it says Congress shall make no this and this and this. Congress has done all that stuff. They've made shit, piles of shit upon piles of shit. Well, go shovel that shit and go put it somewhere else. Dude, and let's get back in, to the brass taxes. We're in six, I mean, we're in six, seven wars right now. Two of them have been approved by Congress. Two of them. The rest, mm-hmm. all done by Obama. Now we got Trump and this stuff. All were just done because they were called conflicts, not wars. And that's how they operate. They operate on a very, very deep level. I want to get something to you before we wrap it up because we got to get going. YouTube. Now, we are seeing some of the uh, strongest moves for censorship in forever. I mean, we got we have a guy in the FCC right now who wants to um, get, get rid of net neutrality, which I find so interesting that Republicans want to deregulate everything except now the Internet. Now they want to regulate the internet, which is such an interesting thing because that is the flow of knowledge. They want to just be able to do whatever they want, dirty tricks business-wise, but at the end of the day, they want to control the word. Uh, YouTube, Google's been doing it for a while. YouTube is now, I know they're owned by the same company, but YouTube is now not only if you violate their terms of uh, content, they're now going to, even if you didn't violate it and they don't like what you're talking about, they're going to isolate your video. Mm-hmm. Thought any yeah. thoughts on that? I mean, they yeah. Lauren Southern had her Patreon taken down. I know Jordan Peterson just had a major attack. I know a, a show that I listen to every once in a while, SGT Report. They just got a copyright strike for essentially nothing. Um, I know deeper down the rabbit hole, his site just got shut down. Um, YouTube is not going to be a viable source for disseminating information in the future. I I really for a long time did not expect it to be this even last this long and people i mean i always said like i didn't i've never relied on youtube for money because i didn't think it was going to last and i wasn't going to set up my lifestyle to according to youtube because all the i mean they just swipe and they're you're gone and that's really what it takes for them um so yeah uh, don't don't expect this to last i hate to say that no. i don't want to say that but it's, I, it's true 
It's all, so, it's coming, so we dude. have to we have to come together and we have to figure out uh, a, a new way to get this information out. And this is why I, I've said, um, and I don't mean this like to pander to the audience to like give me your money or something like that. But if you have favorite YouTubers out there and they're and they're talking about some controversial stuff, give them a dollar a month. Yeah. Go to their Patreon and get yeah. if you take take your top ten YouTubers yeah. and give them one dollar a month. And that's gonna that's gonna be able because if, if they do get kicked off YouTube, they're gonna have, they're gonna find another site to do it on. Yeah. So. Uh, how about not uh, buying something on your favorite porn star's Amazon wish list, and uh, <laughs> throw a dollar on somebody trying to tell you what the fuck's going on in the world? I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's Unless gonna... you want to buy my porn DVDs, because I've got a great selection. I'm sure it's, yours uh, is great. Marty does Dallas. Who jerk? So, uh... It's jerking <laughs> off the math. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite episodes we've done. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, any final thoughts? No. Well, man, go to his YouTube. (laughs) No, man, I would have you on all the time, dude. Uh, I, you kind of were talking about how you're getting burned out. I hope you don't stop. Maybe you just need to take, uh, slow down the pace a little bit. So, you know, maybe that's it. But dude, your, your, your YouTube channel is amazing and I, I i hope you keep going guys go to youtube.com backslash marty leads 33 it's it's food for your brain man uh if you want smart talk if you wish the news was smart this is what it is you and again jimmy Dore are the two best on it and i appreciate everything you do man anything rhyme thank you so much man yeah, this has been like an honor the fact that you even said you do it i was like you're giving us legitimateness to our show because we started out, I mean, it's called tinfoil hat because we're trying to take those words back. Yeah. And trying yeah. to let people know it's okay to question We're the NWA of podcasts, homeboy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Taking <laughs> nice. the words back. We appreciate yeah. you having it. We appreciate you coming on, dude. I appreciate it. Thanks for asking me. It's all been fun, guys. All so. right. We're going to keep going. I just want to get them off, and uh, we're going to do a quick reads. Take care, Marty. Thank you so right, much. Peace, guys. Bye. Um, let's do some reads real quick. That was awesome, man. He's and that great. all happened because we got suggestion from um, I knew I knew of Marty, but I didn't think about him being the thirty third episode. And we got a suggestion in our uh, tinfoil yeah. hat Gmail pod. Yeah. So yeah, once again, if you have any more ideas or suggestions for future guests or topics, go ahead and send us an email at <laughs> tinfoilhatpod at gmail dot com, and I'll check that out for you guys. I should have uh, made sure we had new comments before I did this. Ah, uh, did we get one? Yes, thank God, thank God, we got one. Oh, we got two. Yeah, if you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star no, no, rating. No, no. If you guys are doing on on YouTube, subscribe. Tell everyone you know about it. And yeah, we're trying to build up. Um, we're trying to build up this open-minded army. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There we go. We actually had some. You know. Okay. Here we go. We got a couple. Let's read these. Um, Since I was a child, I always questioned everything. Sam and the crew doing a great job covering my favorite topics, and that's from the Toppler. Yeah, oh, we've gotten four of them, actually, dude. Yeah. yeah. Keep up the good work from Whackbox. I love it. I love the show, Keep Up the Good Work. The fact that Sam is obviously entrenched in these subjects, but continues to make stupid mistakes, like getting someone's name wrong, is a true testament to real human behavior. Hey, man, I'm fucking trying. <laughs> Goddamn, man. I'm trying. I'm a human being. I'm not that smart. I think I got. I'm a C plus student. You know. Here we go. Oh, we got four star. Great show, but Sam needs needs to be longer. When you guys are first, 
When you guys are on fire, it always ends. Love the show, but make it longer. Why? So you take a star from us? Goddamn, man. Yeah, speaking of fire, uh, me and Sam, if you guys are in the L.A. area and you're looking for something to do on Sunday, we're going to be at the Women's Mass, and that's going to be a benefit for the homeless women and women reproduction rights. It's an event put on by the Satan- Satanic Temple of Los Angeles. So it's going to be 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. Tickets are on TicketFly.com. Come meet and greet with us, and uh, we actually might have our special friend. We're going to work on getting Stevie Weeby there. Final thing, uh, final comment. Great job, guys. Chris Penn, Stearns. uh, Would love to hear Mr. Liff as a guest. Hey, dude, we'll try to get anybody on. Guys, that was a great podcast. Uh, It was a great pod. This was a great episode. It was up there with the great Carl Wood. Uh, Final thoughts, Aaron. He lost me when he went flat earth. Oh, we didn't even Cannot get into the flat earth. Purposely, purposely. Lost you at flat earth. I mean, not that he had me, but he definitely <laughs> lost me there. So nothing he said made any sense? Aaron, you really are. Refu- you just... God damn it, Aaron, dude. You're gonna fucking dehydrate. Drink from the fountain of knowledge, man. All right, guys. Take care, man. We'll see you next time. Hope you enjoyed this. Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world-governing body 